Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, Moon Knight Episode 2 is here. Let's talk about it. All that right of said, we have no control over. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. My name is Brian B. Klein. Brian, how you doing, bud? I'm doing excellent. You know, another great episode of Moon Knight we get to discuss and just uh, rip roar and ready to go. Dude, 100%. I <laughs> love this episode. Um, first off, let me publicly apologize to you. Uh, <laughs> because uh, you I'm listening. actually stayed up and did the thing, Midnight Moon Night. And I had to, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't stay up, so I set my alarm and I just didn't wake up. I slipped straight through Midnight Moon Night. So we, this is not a Midnight Moon Night, unfortunately. This is next day Moon Night. Um, this is a next day air moon night or whatever. Uh, so I very much apologize for, uh, for missing that, missing that last night. And especially that you stayed up and I completely whiffed it. Well, I woke up at 10 to two, but I had two different alarms going off and I mm-hmm. the first, the one of them didn't go off, but that was because the second one, I guess I already had. So I might've like accidentally turned it off, but back always have a backup you know well so, i had no, it's, three it's alarms fine. set and apparently slept through all three so <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm right there with you i had a backup i was ready to go and i just apparently just like <laughs> was that tired it's been a, it's been a tough week but yeah, uh it's sometimes you just can't help it but yeah that's fine i got hey i was up anyway so i just i watched it and you know couldn't go fall back asleep afterwards so yeah it's a it's a great episode man well let's let's get into it um what'd you what'd you think of second episode First off, I want to say that I was pleasantly surprised that what a lot of people were thinking was going to happen, and we actually kind of talked about it last week, mm-hmm. was that we didn't see the events of episode one from Mark's perspective yes. at first, because we're sort of, we don't really need to know the ins and outs. We're sort of feeling him out as far as, you know, we found out a lot more this episode of the, the control factor of the two people mm-hmm. and how it works now. But other than that, I mean, just I, I scared the crap out of my dog when Mr. Knight showed up when he summoned the suit, but the wrong uh, one. And I'm like, it's Mr. Knight. Oh, it's and so good. Jumped up. But other I mean, there's just so much to talk about. And I'm glad we have probably a little bit more time than the 15, 20 minutes we would have if we were talking in the you know three in the morning. So, yes. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm happy. Can't, can't complain about that. I agree with you completely. This episode is so much fun. And I think it's a so good that they didn't go back. I, I really liked the idea of them doing something with like playing with time and showing us some things that we haven't seen from other perspectives, either from a different alternate or from Mark's perspective or whatever. But I think this was way better just to keep it moving, keeps the story moving, keeps us like this has happened. Now we are still with Steven. It's still his story right now, but that Mark really came into it in a real way this episode we got to know him as an alternate and we got to know Khonshu a little bit and uh, Arthur uh, or Haro is that right? Yeah Arthur Haro the current avatar of Amit and the former avatar of Khonshu so that was a a nice revelation too yeah huge huge and man I love it I love it so much this those of you who listen to me podcast know that I absolutely love like a moral decision to be made. And when characters are really given a choice, it's laid out and they have to like think through it. And I love Mm -hmm. this like minority report 
basically storyline that they've given for Steven to really have to decide, like, listen, Ahmet wants to stop evil. Like, they, they make it sound so good, but Steven, like, logics his way through it, and he's like, what about children? Like, I, I have to draw a line there, you know? Like, it's, it's so good. It's so smart and cool, and it's, you know, it, it's Minority Report just sort of, like, in the background of this other story, and I love it. I actually have that written down, written down in my notes. I got Minority Report, prejudging people, and a thought isn't evil. Because he even mm-hmm. said it, he goes, I think about killing my boss, Donna, all the time. I'm just never going to do it, so... Yeah. You know, and the thing I loved about this episode too, and it seems like it happens a lot with the Disney Plus shows, whether it be the Star Wars or Marvel, is that a lot of times when questions pop up in the storyline, in one of the subsequent episodes, they sort of answer or they they they, they take like the viewer in their head. And so sometimes when he was just like, it was getting something explained to him instead of washing it away, like wiping it away, he asked the question that it seems like most of the people doing chats about the first show we're going like oh okay now we understand it boom that part of the conversation is done with we don't have to worry about that let's get to some more of these other confusing you know there's even some of the things that i'm a little unsure about even though i know the specter character pretty well but that's what i love about it is that they're not giving you everything right away mm-hmm. well and it, it, we talked about last week how smart it was to make it the steven character because he's so lovable and interesting mm-hmm. and kind of normal and the thing that I didn't realize when I was thinking about all that, it, obviously it's cool to have him as the point of view character because it's something different. He's not a badass. He's not, you know, he's not the hero. You know, he's the guy thrust into the situation. It's a fish out of water tale. But it also allows for that very easy exposition of the character who doesn't know what's going on and can just ask the questions very naturally. You know, like, can... can not even just naturally, but he can like really struggle with the questions of what's going on. You know, like he's really invested and really needs to know what is happening with Mark Spector. Who is Mark? Why am, why am I where I am? Like it, it's all very important to him. And he's asking those questions and it really puts us in his, in his chair. And I love that. Right. And you got to think about it this way too, is that as far as we know, this character of Stephen Grant up until like a couple days before it, thought his life was just normal he was a a guy that worked at a gift shop at a museum he had no idea at all about this other side of him Mm -hmm. i'm I'm very interested to see like how it works between mark and steven and if they're going for like based on knowing nothing about the comics the way he said this with like there you were a corpse when i found you you know you were nothing but a corpse when i found you or something like that it sounds to me almost like he also he seems to think that he says Stephen, if i get if i get this job finished you'll never see me again i think it's alluding to the fact that he may not i have a feeling and this is not even this is just based off of what i'm watching is that Stephen has sort of been a um a reaction to something that happened to him because mark was only able to come in and this is like we've we've seen i'm i'm assuming that we've seen so far the parts in steven's life where mark has come back is because in the first episode mark whenever he needed to mark was able to jump back in and then that was when he blacked out like when he was fighting the guys in the bazaar and on the and the on the truck and stuff like that in this episode i think now that steven is in control and knows about mark he can't just unwillingly give control back to mark he has to let him so now like mark even said it the person that's in control has become stronger 
with that being said, I think we're learning a lot more about who is the who's going to end up being the dominant personality at the end. So like, yeah, when Mark said, when we're all done with this, you may never see me again. That could be there's three levels to that that statement, you know, as right. far as, you know, you won't be around anymore. I won't be around anymore. We won't be around anymore. Who knows? Because, right. you, you know, it made it seem to me as someone who knows nothing about it that like is this did at all you know what i mean like uh, i i'm curious because it seems obviously they've talked about it in interviews and stuff how it is and so i'm assuming it is but like the fact that he was a corpse when they met um like it almost feels like conchu saved him and put him in this body uh with steven almost um but i guess not i don't know it's it's all it's all kind of uh up in the air for me as to where we are right now, like without comics knowledge or whatever. Like it feels very, uh, I don't know. It could be that like, it isn't DID at all. It's something mystical or like Steven did Steven exist prior to all the conchu or not was Steven an alternate is Steven the real owner of the body. Um, is Steven the, uh, is Steven the passenger is Mark the passenger. Like, is there a passenger? Are they both? Have they had it since they were kids? Have they been alternating their whole lives? And I mean, Stephen does seem to think all of Stephen's experiences seem fairly new. So I wouldn't be like, even when he says, he's like, I can't go on a date. I can't. Um, he says three things and they're all like things that we've seen on screen. So it's like, I can't, I can't go on a date. I can't keep my job. And there's one other thing. And it's like, and he says, you're, you're the guy who's been, you know, in the back of my mind, like stealing my life from me. You're the parasite that's stealing my life from me. You know? Right. I want Steven to be real. I don't want Steven to go away. <laughs> no, I mean, he is a very, I mean, to describe him in a sense, he's a sad sack, but he is someone that is very, you know determined in a sense like he wants like in the first episode when he was just when he understood what donna said about him not if you think this is like an audition to be a tour guide forget it and he's like oh that's very hurtful you know mm -hmm. that's a hurtful thing so he is not a confrontational type person you see a whole different situation in this in this episode especially when mm -hmm. he decides to oh when he summoned the the, the psycho colonel sanders suit and then he decides, oh, I could, you know, he realized that he does have some power, which first off, I went from when they showed Mr. Knight, I screamed, and then he did that superhero pose and then fell over. Yeah. Like he couldn't handle it. And he's like, oh, I just should have heard more than did. So then he realized that he has some power in that suit too. So him just telling Mark, no, I'm going to be able to do this. And he acts all, you know, he's pulling it, rolling his sleeves yeah. up and doing the boxing dancing. Like, oh, I could take this. What do you call the, the plug ugly coyote? Yeah. You know? So and then he realizes, nope, he can't do it. So, you know, I think he's going to gain more confidence as the series goes on. What that ends up doing, we'll see. I think so, too. And I think that, like, it's interesting. Mark's kind of encouraging to him, even though he's he wants the body back and thinks he still needs to be the one to take down this jackal. He says, like, that's a really good punch, man. <laughs> like, he like, gives him a little bit of encouragement. Yeah. Like, good job. Good job, bud. Yeah. <laughs> You can do it, but let me take over for now. Yeah, like all, and that's the thing. He's like, I think Mark believes maybe with the power of Conchu he could do it, but he's going to get someone hurt. There's too many people around, right? And he's very, very like unexperienced with doing it. As you see, that he almost takes that guy's car out when he when it runs into him in the jackal. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to see a lot of fighting now with Mark being the the in control because he's even see you see that little scene at the end 
when they pan and you just see Stephen for a second and it's just like and I think he was in a mirror or something when they're in Egypt and it's like he could it's almost like he's trapped now mm-hmm. where Mark was just being like oh, give me the control back this will be fine and then once he has the control back he's like I'm not giving it back now I'm Mark is the guy in control now he has to do what he needs to do because mm-hmm. we know what the plot of the show is we got to get that um, we got to get the scare back now from Arthur because they don't want them to resurrect Amit because that could be the you know that's not going to be very good Mm-hmm. so now there's actually a mission yeah the world that you, you i wish you could see the world after we make it what it will be which mm-hmm. i really enjoyed the fact that haro arthur haro in this episode is so charismatic and like believable and as he's walking around like there's a real question of whether steven's gonna buy into what he's saying over what Mark's saying, you know, like it's such a fun thing. Like, and there's that line that he says, I don't care how handsome you are. And yeah, <laughs> like that was a funny line, but it also is like, just cause you look like me, just cause you're just cause you're coming from inside my brain doesn't mean you're right. And it's right. a real, um, I don't know. You know, if he is a reaction, like let's say he is some sort of reaction to some trauma, more recent trauma, and he's a more recent addition to Mark's psychology, right? Then what is, what is he? What kind of reaction is he? And like the way that he's questioning him and the way he's like trying to be a moral compass for him and just say like, you've gone too far, you're doing all this stuff, you know, like it's interesting that he's not just, Steven, he also has like this perspective on the situation and he has like a real, he's giving a real pushback on Mark on like the sort of mercenary ways that he's taken on in this, uh, um, uh, you know, service of Conchu. Right. And I think Steven's going to have a little bit more of a passenger role now because it seems like he sees what's going on now when Mark is in control. So that's going to be more of he's going to see all instead of just, you know, finding out from about Mark from that constable and then from just Mark telling him the stuff with him being the passenger now, like the passenger that can't be in control. He's going to see all this stuff. So that how I wonder how that's going to shape Stevens, the character of Steven, whether it's going to make him see like, okay, we're doing this because Mark even tells him, he goes, I have to fulfill my job and my job is basically it's going to get my hands bloody mm-hmm. and steven is completely against it but now he's going to be that guy this is this is the first time i think we're going to see him being that that side you know like the guy that's the unwilling companion see all this stuff so that's going to probably change his but it might strengthen his perspective of being like mark specter should not be in control ever again or you know you know he even said he's punishing the guys for Kanshu that deserve it. He's being the executioner. He's not being a prejudge. He's being someone that is, you know, being tried and convicted of something that they did do. Not like Amit that wants to judge and kill people for something that they might do. So, mm. oh, we're, we got four more episodes of this. So I'm excited. Super excited. Yeah. Me too, man. And the, um, you know, you mentioned that, and it, it does seem that clearly, pretty clear that Khonshu has a better perspective than Amit, um, has a right. more just perspective than Amit. But that doesn't mean that Khonshu is right about everything, and it doesn't mean that Khonshu is going to treat Mark well. 
because Kanshu does like that conversation with Mark seemed very abusive. He seemed very like, no, you, you belong to me. Like, and he's also like sort of gaslighting. He's like, I know you like all this stuff. I have you do. You love it. We need each other. You know? And like Mark is like, no, no, no. I want out. I want out. And Kanshu is like, hey, do you really though? Come on, buddy. <laughs> Stick with me. <laughs> I got a little bit of a, Darth Vader Return of the Jedi vibe for him then when he's just like, mm. well, you know, if you're not going to do it, I know this other person who's near and dear to your heart that might do it if you don't want to, like when Darth Vader is telling Luke, like, if you don't come to me, I'll get your sister. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of just like, that's another thing with gaslighting is he's taking that extreme viewpoint of just like, well, if you don't give me what I want, I know someone that it's going to end up hurting you, but they could possibly give me what I want. It's up to you. You know, if I make this decision because of your decision, then it's all on you. It's not on me. I mean, he totally was being the total gaslighting ass that he's uh, like being depicted as. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he has an he has Mark is basically the ends to his means. So, mm -hmm. but but like you were saying, is that his viewpoint on justice is a little more of what is common is that, you know, you're getting judged and tried for something you've already done. So not to say that he's going to do everything the right way it's the end result is that you know people are dying so yeah we'll see we'll see how it goes yeah man uh i just i really really love it i really love this episode um i really want more of what we what we got here uh mm -hmm. I, the mr knight outfit is just amazing just completely <laughs> badass and i i thought and i don't, I don't know anything for, if this is the way it is from comics but based on the promotional materials i'd seen that there were these two different versions at least two different versions of the moon knight costume and i was like i was hoping it would be related to each alternate um like each one would have his own version of moon knight you know that like made a lot of sense to me uh i don't know is that is that way in the comics or is that uh something they've added here there's i gotta temper what i'm gonna say <laughs> different personalities tend to have different suits they wear for the occasion they're using them in so okay so the, I'll, I'll keep it that way <laughs> okay cool cool cool. yeah I, so yes in a way that did it right the same way so yeah that i liked that a lot i liked it a lot <laughs> um and, and yeah just just him in the suit then they call him a fancy drunk it was just yeah. super good psycho, psycho Colonel Sanders. Colonel Sanders. <laughs> yeah Oh, by the way, before I forget that QR code that's on the number 43 locker, that's mm -hmm. actually a good QR code. You could scan it and it'll take you somewhere pretty cool. Okay, sweet. And there's oh. one in the first episode too, right? I don't remember seeing that one. Okay, I saw an article that there was a QR code hidden in the episode, but I haven't, I didn't look into it, honestly, yet. I haven't had time. Um, but I was hoping to look into both of them this week. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. The storage locker was a great scene. Man, what a great scene. When he walks in there and looks at it and he's just like, again, he keeps seeing things like, oh, this is real. Oh, my God. And then he's like, oh, there he is again. The man in the mirror. I wonder when you were going to show back up. Just like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I just love how they have, the, they have these two very completely different perspectives on the situation. And they are so, so opposed to each other. Uh, I also had to note, like, I don't know when he met his wife. I don't right. know if that was before, you know, uh, Khonshu found him and then and, and brought him back to life. I don't know if it's like um, 
before Steven existed or what, but it Mm -hmm. seems to me, you know, I was asking, I was talking about like, if your mind is creating this alternate, like what does that alternate do or why, why is it creating that alternate? One of the reasons I think is this moral compass, this pushback on Mark, but I thought it was really interesting that he created Steven with so many traits of the wife, same favorite poet. They both had like the Egyptology connection. Um, it just, it just, it was, it was very interesting to me that like Stephen might be his sort of like a representation of like, like traits in his wife that he, that he needed in his partner that like, or that he loved about his right. partner ends up in this alternate, you know, that was right. kind of neat. I like that. The one, the one trait that he didn't give Stephen though, was the fact that Layla can kick some ass too. Yes. I mean, she did a job on a couple of those people in the little bizarres again, when they were running away from Arthur, but um, Karen in the chat said that the QR code in the first episode was when he was talking to the little girl in the museum when she was putting trash into the, the pyramid. Okay, and she sweet. said like you know she was alluding to the fact that Stephen had died before, so there could be yes. something there. So yes, she did. It, there, there was there was a real illusion there. I don't know if we brought that up on the episode, but yeah, there was a definite moment in that first episode where she says something like, "What was it like to be in that?" And, and the way she asked it, she could mean, you know. Like the, she could not mean him specifically, but it sounded the way she asked, it seemed, Ooh, does she mean he's been dead before? And in this episode, we find out that he has. So Mm. at least the character of Mark has. And so again, the thing I love about the MCU was when they take enough stuff where you could figure out what's going on in a sense from having prior knowledge to it, but then they just keep throwing you curveballs, and it's awesome. Just love it. Yeah. You know, just, mm. I also, I love, you know, there's a moment where Haro says, uh, talking about this staff and, and summon, he's about to summon the jackal and he says, <laughs> I don't want to use it. And he just says, then don't. Right. And I, I love that because Mark Spector is this character who seems to be trapped into doing all these things he's doing. And Steven just has this clear principle of like, you don't do a thing if it's not right or you don't want to do it. Like, don't let anyone force you into saying Layla's name. Don't let anyone force you into becoming Moon Knight. Don't let anyone force you into uh, turning over the power. You know what I mean? Uh, of the bo- or turning over the body. Like, he refuses to be used by others. And that's something that Mark doesn't have. I just think it's very interesting. If Mark is the original and Steven is the alternate, all these things about Steven that are very specific to like Mark's situation and things that Mark doesn't have or kind of needs or whatever. I just, I, I think that's fascinating. Oh yeah. Steven definitely was the guy that was just not taking Arthur's. I mean, let's, uh, he's got the cult leader mentality and approach on stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's very, you know, just making it seem like he's all about peace and love. Like with him talking about how these, all these tomatoes were great and you know, the food stuff and it's free and you know, we treat it, but the whole time it's just like, cause they've been programmed, you programmed them that way. And he's just like, no, you know, don't use it. You know, don't prejudge. Are you, he was, when he asked everyone, he's like, are you guys all for child murder? Mm-hmm. Like, and they just didn't, you know, and he was just like, no, that there's, did you, how can you guys not see that this is so wrong? Yeah. So and he says, you're all into that killing children. Yes. <laughs> so, oh gosh. And, and what, what really at that point, it's kind of like, is Haro for real? Like, 
are is Ahmet really wanting what's good for everyone and really just trying to take bad apples out of the bunch, you know? And maybe that is a pure desire. But then there's a moment in this episode when I think the game is given away, which is when he meets that homeless man on the street and he says, hey, you've got my scarab. I, that's mine. Uh, I can give you food. I can give you a place to stay. I can give you all that, but I cannot give you this. And he takes the scarab back and then he grabs his hand and uses Amit's power to kill him without using the staff to weigh him without using his tattoo or whatever. Um, and it just seems that he's like, yeah, Amit is, Amit, he says he's all about killing people who are just versus not just or whatever, but like he killed that guy for no reason, you know? Right. There is definitely the face that you see of him. That is the public persona, which Mm -hmm. is the, you know, the, the cult leader type guy who shows that he does everything for the reason of Amit's justice. But in that case, you just see that he just flat out killed the guy. Yeah. So that's because he doesn't think, I mean, he sees Layla on the scooter, but it's just sort of like, yeah, doesn't matter. So mm. yeah. the one thing I also want to bring up about this show too, is that in, in all of this complexity and who's going to be what, there have been a lot of just laugh out loud moments too. Oh, this so show many. does throw when he says when him and Layla are running away and he turns around, he's like, Oh great. I'm going to die in an evil <laughs> magician's man game. <laughs> and he's saying it so flat and just yep. so like matter of factly, but you know that you're like, Oh, that's just, you know, it's, it, it, it breaks the, the tension in a situation to where you're like, all right. But then you realize that there's still, you know, especially from the fact is that later on, there's enough comic relief and physical humor when you realize that he's the only one that can see the jackals. And so that fight scene with him and it's like, he has to, again, I'll, I'll say this every time we talk about it. Oscar Isaac is a freaking treasure. That yep. guy. hundred percent. I mean, he's just been fantastic. I mean, I love the casting when they announced it, but now it's just showing like, man, this is just MCU is so the, the casting director is so good at casting the right people. But just the way that he's doing these fight scenes, when you could tell it's just him, you know, he might be fighting against something with the green screen that gets blacked out later. <laughs> but it's just the way that he's dealing with it is, I mean, even when he decides, like, he's like, nah, I'm not going to let you take over. And he tries to take over. There's a lot of comic elements in that fight scene, too. Because he's mm-hmm. like, oh, I got this. And then he just gets whack and then gets thrown into the street and stuff like that. I so. love that so much when he's like, I don't think you can, I don't think you can handle this. And he's like, I think I can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me see. You know, it was all this that little moment when he grabbed the, the fender of the car and realized that, oh man, I got some strength in me now. Mm-hmm. What's this? I got this new power. And it's like, oh, I finally, you know, fight back because I'm not just this little sad sack on the side that, you know, lets me be in like a whipping post for everyone else. So, mm. man. Yeah. It's, cannot wait. It's so good. Um, I really enjoyed the scene between him and Layla in the apartment and Steven and Layla. Um, I love when they're arguing and she's, and there's, there's just a lot of interesting character development for Layla in that scene that I really liked. I like when he's telling her how amazing she is and she's like sort of starting to believe this Steven persona is real, but she's really pushing back. 
she's been pushing back and pushing back, but then he tells her how amazing she is, and you see for a second like the walls fall down, and she, and then she, but then she, it's almost like the reaction to the walls falling down inside of her is to throw them back up even harder, and she steps away, and she's like, "I'm not buying it. This is crazy. No," like, and she walks away, and right. then that's when she brings the divorce papers out. It's like almost like the him crossing the line of giving her such a sweet compliment of how amazing she is. Uh, is is just like too far for her she can't believe that he would be that sweet um and that's i, I don't know it's it's fascinating and then he, he says i'd never divorce you um no but the way she defends it like she starts feeling it that all of a sudden she does that but she emphasizes mark she says mark because she realizes that he's still mark the steven guy is not the person that she knows in a sense, because she, she's like, stop that accent. Why are you talking like that? How come, you know, she's still throwing back the fact that she thinks that this is just the game that Mark is playing and she's not going to get fooled, you know, into it. So, you know, I'm just, again, more things are coming up that you just want to see how is this going to, you know, how is, how is this going to factor into it? And mm-hmm. just, wow. Yeah. Love absolutely. it, love it, love it. Me too, man. Me too, man. Um, yeah, and I, in in that scene, I love the moment where he look. He says, "You you seem great, but Mark is a right twit," and he <laughs> and he looks over at the mirror and sees Mark, and Mark looks like crestfallen. Like, yeah, he he has a point. Like, I'm I'm the worst, and it's just it. Right. I love the very small bits of character development. They've really spent a lot of time with Steven, but I like that such little moments with Mark and Layla are building their characters out in big ways. Oh yeah, I just like that. There's going to just be this—I don't know—just development between them because you can see that she even, you know, when they finally get that point when they're in the the evil magician's man cave, and she's just like, "You got to summon a suit." I believe you, Stephen. Yeah. And she calls him Stephen, and that's when the jackal comes and knocks him out the window, and then he—that's when Kanchu's yelling at him again, "Idiot, summon summon a a suit." suit. <laughs> yeah, that, that whole scene too. Like soup, summon the soup. What? What are you talking about? Soup? <laughs> like no, the suit. You know, it's again. It's just you're getting this tenseness, and then all of a sudden, boom! Here's some jokes that are popping up, and it it cuts yeah. it. But then you're right back into it. So it 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 works so brilliant. I love it as he's falling. He just yells the word "suit," and it's just very funny to me because yeah. There's a lot of like magic words you could say in that moment. Like I summon the power of Khonshu. There's a lot of cool, like, you know, uh, He-Man-esque moments you could have there. And him just yeah, yelling, exactly. <laughs> him just yelling suit as he's falling to, and hits that bar. It's so funny. Ugh, yeah. So good. Uh, the, the last one I have written down here, and it, this is just terrifying, is the idea that how horrible it is to be on the inside. Mm-hmm. Steven talks about how horrible it is. He, he's like, how long have you been doing this? How can it's, I can't, I can't move. And Mark's like a long time. Yeah. And he even says, he's like, just get comfortable and just, you know, you're breathe through it. Now that you're aware of this is going on, it's going to be something you got to get used to. And I think mm-hmm. we're going to get used to it, but he's going to have to get used to it in a big way coming forward because Mark is like, He's the guy that thinks that he can be the the one that has to be in charge to be able to fulfill and stop everything that's unfolding right now. Yeah, yeah. I don't know though, man. This this show has been so focused on Steve, and I feel like 
I know we're going to get more Mark here going forward, but I feel like mm-hmm. Steven's still going to be like the protagonist. And I really want more Steven. I want Steven to like, Oh yeah. I want, I want Mr. Knight to be the one who takes down Ahmed, you know, <laughs> like I really want Steven to like come into the powers as, um, a servant of Kanshu and his sort of clear moral character be a servant in a way that maybe Mark can't be, you know? I think we'll see that too, especially with the fact that they're both aware and able to communicate now when the other one is in charge. You'll see him anytime there's a reflective surface, surf, uh, reflective surface there's going to be some ways of Stephen coming back and saying, like giving him an earful or saying, you know, trying to be the angel on his shoulder. Yeah. Whereas Mark was sort of like the devil on Stephen's shoulder. It's going to, I think they're going to end up building each other up in that way. Yeah, I agree. I think they're going to become a team for sure. Like the two of them sort of are are beginning to combine forces and work together. Um, Well, they're not yet, but I think they will. And the, the, uh, the last moment though is so, it's so sad when you see the mirror and it's been covered up and like the sheet falls off the mirror and you see Steven and, and and Mark just said the reflections help, you know, the reflections help while you're in there. The reflections really do help you get through it. And he's got all, he's got all the mirrors covered, you know, like that's <laughs> so sadistic in a way to know, knowing that he's trapping, um, Steven inside and he, he covers the mirrors and then the, the thing falls off and it just shows Steven and they're just holding a pillow just like just really really like almost in a upright fetal position kind of thing and then it cuts to mark and he's just sitting there looks over at him sort of disgusted and just continues to drink it's just mm. Mm, man it's it's real good cannot wait it's, it's almost like the characters are being played by two different actors because they are oh, so different and it's just for sure um just again this how amazing I'm going to keep saying it. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you, if you have a problem with me talking about how much I'd love Oscar Isaac in it, Oscar Isaac in this, you can just send an email to them. And I'm sure that <laughs> no one out there is going to be like, Oh, Oscar Isaac's terrible in this dude. Oscar Isaac is amazing <laughs> in this show. Like for real. I am absolutely. Oh God. Oh. And if you love to see, I mean, a separate, there's a movie he was in probably got to be close to 10 years ago now called Ex Machina. Yeah, no, I've seen it. Oh my God. He was so good in that. Great. Really, you know, really just great. there's there's only three characters, and I think about it like all three of those actors have gone on to become like major mm-hmm. characters because uh, what Alicia Vikander, the one that played the robot, was Laura Croft, and then the other guy was um, I can't even think of it now. He was in he was General Hux in the Star Wars sequel trilogy. Oh, nice. So it was you know because that movie only basically had like those three characters in it the whole time. Yeah, it's just a three so, three hander basically. Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah. Okay, we got a bunch of feedback from the live chat here. Uh, let's see what everybody Thanks, else guys. is saying about this. Uh, we got Court Ob says wanted to point out that beautiful shot of Moon Knight running across the skyline with the moon in the background. Wish it was longer. Mm. Yes, couldn't agree more, Court. Uh, and. I, what I loved about that shot is the fact that the moon is reflected in the water before you see it in the sky. So you see the moon on the water and as, as the, the camera kind of pans up, it's just really pretty. Like the symmetry of that scene is so cool. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. And that moon, that moon, that moon was huge in the sky too. Mm-hmm. God of the moon, man. It's gotta be. Yep. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Zally G in the chat says uh, if we never see mark's perspective of episode one that's fine by me i'd rather mm-hmm. continue on with the story than go back and use an episode to explain mark's part 
I agree. I think there, there's, there's obviously room for them to do some cool stuff where like something we didn't see in an earlier episode or something Steven did or something Mark did that we didn't see could be interesting to show. But like, yeah, I don't think it's in any way necessary. Uh, I really, really don't. I think that no. we've uh, really gone beyond the need of it at this point. And I, I think it's such a smarter thing to keep the story moving forward. Right. It was basically just to show his abilities as uh, how he was able to just like beat everybody else up. But I think too, is the fact that we also have to keep in mind that things only six episodes long. Mm-hmm. So it is like, basically it's like we're getting an elongated movie. So it's not like I've seen people say like, Oh, the Disney plus things are weird because they're not like 13 episodes or 22 episodes. It's like, yeah, but these are basically, I mean, could you imagine? Because they were saying that they, the budget on each one of these things it ends up being for like three hours or three episodes is the equivalent of a movie. Mm-hmm. Because there's so much. If you get two hours of film time, it's like a two-hour movie. So there's $7,500 million popped into it. And and you can tell because these things look, I mean, it, nothing mm-hmm. in it looks terrible. So No, it doesn't look in any way lesser than the rest of the MCU, you know? It's really, right. really great. Mm. Okay, let's see. Up next, we got Phil Fear Millionaire. Uh, again, welcome. Uh, one of our patrons, I believe, uh, says after this episode, is anybody else super invested in Khonshu and his past with avatars and Arthur Harrow and his past? Hmm. I would. Yeah, I would love to know what led Arthur to leave Khonshu's side. I mean, I'm really invested to see who Khonshu really is. Like. This show is a, this this story. The story of of Moon Knight is a story of him being the avatar for Khonshu. That's where he derives his power. That's where he gets his missions. And if Khonshu is not actually a good dude, then I don't know. This thing can kind of fall apart. But at the same time, like I'm really questioning his like the I, Arthur seems to have a point basically. <laughs> <laughs> right and the thing i gotta think too is like i didn't know and it was a revelation too because i think the arthur harrow character is something that's pretty much whole cloth a new character but with him saying that he used to be conscious avatar but then he's telling mark oh did he promise you that he'd let you go after this mission yeah he lies he doesn't do that mm-hmm. how did he get away from Kanju then and how did he become amit's avatar because obviously it seems like amit and um, Kanchu don't get along. I think the little girl even explained it. it was like they basically like kicked her out and they weren't like one of them was chastised and sort of just like not part of it. And so they're not all friendly with each other. But how was he able to leave the service of Kanchu to be, you know, just and not die from it? Mm. So you should see. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I hope Kanchu does not end up being Mephisto because that would just be. Just too heavy handed, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, a little little too much, a little too much Mephisto. Um, Yeah. uh, Hera, Hera JK says, uh, loving Steven's awkward everyman. Agreed, 100%. Mm -hmm. Love it. Love it. Oh, yeah. I saw so many people say that the first episode, it was hard for them to watch because it was so cringy watching Steven, his character basically being just walked over and all this other stuff but i'm like that just shows you how good of an actor oscar isaac is to portray this but then also give you that sense of like oh man I, the situations he's in i would not want to be in especially again when you know that guy kept calling him scotty today and he's like no nah, i'm steven you know here's who i am so it's just like i don't know but yeah he is definitely just sort of like the he's playing up the fact and we're seeing that he is 
a very much an underdog character. Mm-hmm. And so you have no, you, you basically want to root for those guys. Oh yeah, for sure. All right. Hair JK also says, uh, I feel like Steven was born the day Conchu saved him. I, that seems like a definite possibility. Faux show. That could be, that could be part of his, you know, way that he is reacting to the fact is that he, you know, is doing all this stuff for Kanju now that he may have developed that personality as sort of a, you know, just a safeguard and escape because it just showed it had to have been for a while that he had no idea that. I mean, I guess he, he knew that something was going on. Steven did because he says he has a sleeping disorder and he tied himself down and, you know, put the sand out there. And he said, what in the first episode, Hey, there's uh, some days where I wake up and I feel like I did 10,000 steps already. Yeah. So, Mark like was taking over us or stuff. Yeah. Yes. So Mark was taken over. And it, I just think it was recently that it was a situation where he, you know, woke up and he was in the middle of that field was might've been the first time where Mark was not fully in control all the way into the point when he went back to the, the, the yeah. flat. Went and, back then to Mark, Steven. and I'm yeah. really curious about what drives that. What like, cause it seems like the worst time to switch to Steven. So clearly he's not in control. Um, no. And Conchu doesn't want him switching. So like, what is causing him to switch to Steven there? It's, it's interesting. Is it, could it be that he's just breaking down and the, there's yeah. just, because he says like the person in control has more power now, but in those right. cases, it seemed like that's not the case for Mark. No. Cause even Arthur said, he goes, you think Conchu selected you because your mind was easy to break or it was because it was already broken. Mm. And Steven's like, I'm not broken. I think that they're going to lean into the fact that Mark had DID before this in a sense. And that now uh, Steven, after the fact, when everything's coming to a head is sort of like a, and uh, Karen in the chat even said, this is, uh, he's a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. It's a way that he can deal with this. Like he said, Steven's personalities mirror a lot of what Layla's was. So yeah. it was built from something instead of just being like a whole new, I don't know where this thing came from. So a lot of times in the comics, he just, he gets a personality and it's like, why does he have that? It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. And then it just, it serves a purpose and then it's gone. So I think this one is going to be a little more personal for him. On that point, Harris says, um, also uh, the interesting part is that Steven knew everything Layla knew. So it's not just that, you know, he was similar in certain traits and had like, uh, but he also seems to know all these things like French, Egyptian uh, hieroglyphs, um, you know, all the, the poetry that he has memorized because she had it memorized. So, like, that doesn't seem like a normal DID thing, I, I feel like, maybe. Like, the fact that he can actually know all these things she knows feels like a different thing. Could Khonshu be... Can the powers of Khonshu be aiding in that? Or has has he had enough time to build in those those personality traits or the, at least that knowledge base as Steven, you know? Right. It's also really interesting. I'm, I'm really interested in the mother because clearly something's going on with the mother. I don't think the mother for Steven exists. I agree. He's leaving her a message. Yep. Every time we've heard him talk to her, he's leaving a message. There's also the moment in this episode where he find he says, this is my mom's flat. So mm-hmm. that just doesn't add up. So like if it's your mom's flat, then where is she? So most, most people say, oh, it's, she probably left it to him. Okay, but if it's your mom's flat and she left it to you, then why are you calling her every day, right? That was like where my mind went. And I'm like, right. something is absolutely up with the mother. I thought, I thought that in the first episode, in this episode, it seems even more clear. And even when he, 
he tells that to Layla, she's like, oh, so you're talking again? Or you guys have made up? And Steven's like, uh, yeah. Like, he says, yeah, but so, like, um, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Yeah. So, yep. yeah, it's definitely going to be some kind of, I mean, obviously, it, it's got to be something because otherwise, how did he get the flat? How is there all that stuff in there? How is, you know, it could be, you know, maybe it's mark does it all i mean yeah i guess that's true because mark does have control and he comes back like when steven so i think mark is i mean mark could be the mother so yeah no i i think that's that's see, that's that's what i'm thinking my, my thought is if he's leaving messages telling someone about his day every day and he's like describing it in this in this voicemail my thought is mark is somehow receiving those messages and and then like using them as like a di- like it's almost like he's reading steven's diary every day to be like okay what is steven doing when i'm asleep you know right that's what Especially i'm thinking because at that time we didn't know if they had a knowledge of what the other person was doing when they were in control which now it mm. seems like they do so Ooh. greg greggy poo says uh, he also says later gators uh connection to amit could be because they, a lot of the stuff that does, and again, he will know about Amit, and he already knew mm-hmm. all that stuff too. Like he was talking about how when he the the, the banners on the museum were wrong, it has to be the knowledge that was probably implanted into him from when the whole Layla side, because she was big into the Egyptology. So right, later, right. I think later skaters probably does have something to do with that. Mm-hmm. I think it's very possible. All right. Well, uh, that's that's about all I got, and that's all the feedback we had in the chat. Um, so I'm, I'm torn. We, a couple things we derailed and stopped our derailing because of comic stu- knowledge. Do we want to do a comic session? I'm like torn. Cause I don't know if I want to know. <laughs> I'll just, no, I'll, I'll, I think it's, if you know, um, you can, <laughs> I was going to say that, uh, uh, Ianders zero N in the chat says that he was asking about the, if Steven and Mark would be able to instantaneously switch between identities like during interrogations, fights, and whatever. And then he writes, <laughs> I'm a big comics guy, but I actually never got into Moon Knight. And uh, I swear I will listen to the Source Pages episodes after the series is done, LOL. Mm-hmm. So we did talk about some of the stuff. I mean, it's the, the personalities are a whole different ballgame in the, the comics so far. I like the way that they're working on it, but I do have to kind of, I will try my hardest next week to temper my alluding to stuff from what i know about it already especially because it doesn't seem like all of it is going to be coming to fruition but enough of it is and yeah or enough of the general concepts are so yeah i think we'll just keep the if you want to if you want to know more you can listen to we have the three episodes that we did on that already the jeff lemire run which they are taking the main thing was the character design of kanshu is basically straight lifted from that run i mean just the the way that he's designed with that basically looks like a vulture skull head with the elongated uh beak and stuff like that is pretty cool like i said when i saw that first time i'm like oh my god it looks so cool that's awesome yeah so it's it's rad man i am very excited about the show and how it's going so far it's just like mm -hmm. you said oscar isaac absolute treasure totally wonderful um and I can't wait to see what happens next. Um, we yeah. will be back, you guys, soon. And yes, go to Source Pages. Check it out. That's BVK's show. Um, Brian V. Klein, the guy who I've been talking to this whole time, is <laughs> 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 right here on the Stranded Panda Network. Go to Source Pages. Um, they have been covering. What else are you guys covering now? You did a three-episode Moon Knight coverage? We did a three-episode Moon Knight. We did 
um, of the latest Morbius run, and then la- this, our latest episode is the review and comparison to the movie. We've got another um, episode that we got coming up where we're doing another the Avengers from 2018. That's 32 through 37. It's called The Age of Kanshu. It's going to be a cool run. If you want to read that, it's pretty cool because it's pretty much Moon Knight gets the powers of everybody for a purpose. And then it goes from there. And then we've got stuff coming up. We're going to be doing a bunch of coverage for Multiverse of Madness. Mm. We're going to do a whole episode on who is America Chavez because she is obviously going to be a big player in the multiverse thing. And she's been in the trailers for that. Multiverse of Madness. It's been the most difficult run of trying to figure out what comics we're going to cover. If people don't oh, know I about bet. what the show is, we basically do primers and continuations and source material for movies and TV shows of comic books and novels. And we don't know much about Multiverse of Madness. So we're just like, all right, we're going to do a latest run of Doctor Strange. It's a Jason Aaron run, I think, and America Chavez. And after that, we're like, we're going to cover more stuff after the fact because beforehand, I have no idea, and I really don't want to know. I someone was like, "Oh, the other there's a little thirty second teaser to drop for Multiverse of Madness." And I'm like, I don't want to see it anymore. I don't want to know if this person pops up or doesn't pop up. And so, but yeah, we're on the network. Check us out on StrandedPanda.com. There's a whole bunch of other cool shows on there, and you know, we're just thankful for Matt and Jeff and everyone at the the MCU cast for supporting us and having us on the network and just you know getting the good word out there. We get to talk about reading comics and novels, which I do anyway. So. <laughs> yeah man dude it's happy we're so happy to have you on the network for real um it's great I, and it's such a such a great companion piece to what we do and what so many other people on the network do you know star wars yeah. and star trek and whatever all the morbius stuff um right. i actually love to talk to you about morbius because i know you hated it right i did not like it at you all. did not like it i liked it. i did. i gotta say i liked it i don't know anything about the comics so it has nothing nope. to do with that well, but i thought it was pretty good neither did i i wanted to love it so much because as you know, I'm a huge Doctor Who fan, and I loved Matt Smith. Yeah. Oh, me too. He was great in it, and there was a lot of positives of it, but a lot of times in the movie, I was going, what? What is going on? What is... Really? I was basically just like, yeah, just like, there was a lot of... I think there was a lot of stuff that was left on the cutting room floor and edited out, and it was just like, what? Just... Okay. So, I mean, it wasn't terrible. There were definitely some moments that I felt like maybe they got poorly reviewed or something by... By like, like like you know test audiences or something like there's that scene there's a scene and this is not a big spoiler it's the very beginning of the movie he's walking up to a big speech and it, it should be a pivotal moment for his character and they just cut away from it and then they uh-huh. say what happens in the next scene and I was like they're surely they shot that scene like it's it's clearly a big moment for his character it should be a, a big thing to show us who he is. And they just cut it. And I got to imagine people just didn't like the scene or something. And I'm just like, that would have been a great scene. And it's just not in there. There's definitely some problems. I'm, I'm, I won't, I'll, I'll, I'll get, I'll definitely admit that. But I, but I just think it wasn't nearly worth all the hate that everyone gave it. Like it got, it got really piled on on the online. Right. And it also did have the most pointless mid credit after credit scenes I've ever seen. Like there is no reason for those to be there because it was just like, it broke the rules that they already established and some other stuff. And then I'm just like, right what why well okay well that's it's sony it's sony being sony i think i think you're right i think it's sony not caring as much about what marvel has established and i think that those post i i did the post credit sequence i said this on our review which actually i said this in the one that's already out we, we got another review we got a full review coming out probably uh in the next couple of days because we had to we had so many things to drop in the feed that like the morbius is getting a little chopped up but um 
Moon Knight was more important, so we put off the full Morbius review. It's going to drop in a couple days. But, um, yeah, like, there was the first time I've seen post credit sequence in a Marvel movie that, like, made me less excited leaving the theater. <laughs> like, it really right. did. The whole point of those things is to make you go, like, like make your heart yes. jump out of your chest and be so excited for the next thing. And it just feels like, hey, we're forcing a thing to happen. This was very hand wavy, very just like, and even the dialogue between the people that were in it was just like, no. All right. Well, okay. Yep. yep. You know, so yep. anyways, but it's so great that we still have Moon Knight that we're talking about and watching. Absolutely. Really absolutely. Good. And it seems like everyone except for Forbes.com loves the show. So. Oh, Forbes.com gave it a super bad like review of the whole series. Just like, I think this guy just doesn't like superhero stuff because he gave bad review to Far From Home and pretty much every like, I don't think this guy should be a movie critic, but it's actually kind of funny to read his descriptions on why he doesn't like stuff. And it's like, that is okay. Well, you know, some people weird. just don't like some things. So weird, weird, weird. Oh, uh, we have a, a question real quick before we get out of here. Uh, Waterfall Angel asked in the chat is trivia happening tomorrow? Uh, Apparently not. Uh, I just found this out. I was I, I asked them. Uh, I asked Jeff a minute ago if we can do it. Um, he's having he's having a computer issue, uh, and he cannot set up the bot for tomorrow. Um, so if you know if you're listening to this, check with the Stranded Panda chat though. I may we may try to do something else other than trivia tomorrow because I really hate. I was really excited to see everybody. We missed uh, we missed doing something in March completely, and in April we were planning we were planning to do this April for the first week in April to mag- make up for last month missing out on uh, trivia and uh, yeah. So, so Thursday, if you're if you listen to this uh, and it's Thursday, we're I'm I'm planning to do something tomorrow night, but I have not fully decided what because trivia we just found out trivia can't happen. So. Um, We'll, if nothing else, we'll get on there. We'll stream. I'll stream a little music. Get some people in a Zoom call, and we'll go play a board game or something. Um, so come hang out in the Stranded Panda. Come come to Twitch tomorrow night, Thursday night. Stranded Panda TV on Twitch, and we'll be there doing something. Um, I maybe I'll try my popcorn popcorn panels. Have I ever told you about that, DVK? No. I have this idea I really like, and it's just like draw a discussion topic out of a hat and then let people join in like join in the zoom and then oh, just okay. talk have, like it only let in like two or three people and basically do an impromptu five minute podcast on that subject <laughs> and let everybody like bounce it around popcorn panels as in just like really impromptu panels about some topic it could be anything you know geek related or whatever it'll be like the one year i was on debate team in high school oh oh yeah like- Here's a topic. It's always fun, especially when they give you the topic of something that you're so for, and they're like, well, you have to be the anti guy, like the against guy. Like, mm-hmm. okay, let me see how I can do that. So, yeah, that's, <laughs> those, are, those are always fun. Yeah, I think it could be fun. It's been an idea for a long time. So maybe I'll take tomorrow as an opportunity, but I need to get people to send me uh, topics. So, maybe, maybe I'll check the screen at Panda Chat. We will do something tomorrow. All right. Sounds good. Uh, thank you for being here, BVK. Oh, thank you for having me. And I don't know if I mentioned this. I also wanted to thank Haley Hobbs, who is my uh, partner on Source Pages. She's the one that usually uh, cultivates all of the topics or the the comics that we read. And she also handles all of our socials, so the Instagram that we're on and the Twitter and stuff like that. She does all that because she's really good at it. And I love her and I can't, we wouldn't be where we were at without her i could just you know another shameless plug last wednesday thursday 
we had our two biggest download days we've ever had dude that's you great know? and it was that's and huge. she even said that our our socials are getting so much more like likes and follows the last week it's just it was ridiculous i looked at the speaker numbers and it was like they jumped and i'm like holy cow like, that's man, awesome people. dude i think a lot of it too does is especially we did a um if you do like a moon knight primer podcast on google ours pops up first for some reason now oh so it's like, that's awesome like that's cool that gives us a lot of traffic so you know, that's as huge, as, man. And, and people are saying, like Karen on the chat says that the Moon Knight episodes on Sports Pages are her favorite so far. So thank you, Karen. You know, we yeah. appreciate anyone that's listening to us. And we have fun doing it. So it's a fun show. And, you know, we don't take it too seriously, but we take it seriously enough to where, you know, we'll have a good enough discussion. I would suggest that if, like uh, someone on the chat said too, is like probably don't listen to those episodes until Moon Knight's done because it could skew a little bit of your viewing of it with uh knowing somewhat of the comic past if you don't want to know any of that beforehand yeah it just depends on what your proclivities are if you're the kind of person who really doesn't like spoiling they're great for after if you're the kind of person who wants to know everything before a show happens they're there and it's it's i i love the idea of being able to listen beforehand uh, i think it adds depth to listen to watching the shows um but I'm the kind of person who doesn't want to know anything. I really like being surprised, <laughs> so I so I don't listen till after most of the time. I think our 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 primer that we're going to have doing coming up of the who is America Chavez will be good beforehand because it'll give you the little bit of a rundown of what she can do and why she is important to be in you know the, the MCU going forward. So yeah, man, absolutely. Yep. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. We are the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. We'll be back uh, actually like tomorrow or the next day with a Morbius review, a full Morbius review, and then uh, next week with more Moon Knight. So many things happening in the Marvelverse. Send us your feedback at mcucast.gmail.com, and we'll get you on that feedback episode. Peace. Till next time, true believers. Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Available everywhere you get podcasts, and now a video version streaming live on twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv and available at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. And if you'd like to learn more about all of our other podcasts, geeky projects, and ways to support the network, visit strandedpanda.com.